And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. When the centurion and those who were with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. After the Sabbath, as dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went with some other women to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone. The angel's appearance was like lightning, and the clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of the angel that they shook and became like dead men. The angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Christ is risen. He is risen
join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He had descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Most Sundays, you can find me right here at the Welcome and Information Desk in Mission Central. If you would like more information about our church, please feel free to pick up a welcome folder at the back of the sanctuary at the Connection site or from the Welcome and Information Desk. And for everyone, we would like for you to fill out a friendship card. If you would like to receive our newsletter, be sure to fill in your address. On the back, you can put down prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff. Welcome to Pendleton Center Church, and have a good day. Happy Easter, everyone. Just a quick announcement. We do have child care today. So we have for uh, children that are two years old and younger, we have the nursery open, and we have junior church available for kids that are three years old through third grade. If any of the kids want to go out, Pastor Tom is right there to take them over there, and they will return for communion later in the service. I wanted to let you know a couple of joys. Um, the first, the, the biggest joy I know is, besides Easter, of course, <laughs> okay, is uh, there was Tim and Sarah Wasayowitz had their twins, Adeline and Charlotte. Woohoo! Um, they, yeah, they, they were just. Just over four and a half pounds each, um, so they're going to be in the hospital for a little while longer, so keep them in prayer, but so far everybody's really healthy and doing well, so praise God for that, little Adeline and Charlotte. We're thankful for that. Yeah, so what else are you all thankful for this morning? Oh, come on, it's Easter Sunday. What are you thankful for? Sandy. Sandy is thankful she's going to have her transplant next week. Woo! Yes! Amen for that. Keep her in prayer. Keep lifting it up. Praise God. What else? Christ is risen. Amen. Yeah. What else? Family. Come on. Yeah. 
Makes us back on U.S. soil. Praise God. Yeah. What else? Come on. Shout it out, guys. Yeah. Begin of spr- spring. Absolutely. It's coming. They tell us it's coming. <laughs> it's cold, but it's coming. Yeah. You know, I hope and pray that you are feeling incredibly blessed this morning, knowing that Christ died for you, rose for you, that we have an opportunity to be in relationship with God, and it's a powerful and wonderful thing. And I pray that as we take up our offering this morning, you will take some time to really reflect on just how good God is.
Lord, I thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your love and your incredible blessings to us. We pray that you will take these gifts that we are giving to you as an expression of our love and gratitude, that you will bless them, lift them up, and use them in this world to transform the world in your name through your love and your guidance. Lord, we pray that you will bless these gifts in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We have some uh, prayer concerns I want to share with you um, from our church family. Please pray for the Himes family. Nancy's mom passed away a few days ago. Also, um, pray for Irene Tate. She's been anxiously waiting for a back surgery, and it's been postponed due some, to some health concerns. So keep her in prayer. Also, Ellie Drake has been hospitalized again with continued breathing problems, so lift up Ellie. And Dave Johnson, who we've been earnestly praying for, he went home for a few days from the hospital, but has since needed to go back into the hospital. So please lift up Dave Johnson in your prayer for continued healing. Are there any other prayer concerns you'd like to have lifted up today? Carol. great-grand-nephew, great and what's his name? Max. Great-grand-nephew Max is heading in for surgery on April 9th for brain tumor. Justine, friend who had a massive stroke and is paralyzed on one side, so please lift up Max. Please lift up Justine. Yes. Marvin, who's having a surgery where they take out his lung, clean it out, and put it back. Pray, pray, pray. And what's his name? Please pray for Dick. It's Jan's brother-in-law who's found out he has cancer throughout his body. Any other prayer concerns? Cousin Gloria being treated for brain cancer. And please lift up these names throughout the week. God is powerful and mighty. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray. Gracious and loving Lord, we come to you this day praising your name. For you are wondrous and glorious and awesome and powerful and we are so thankful and grateful for your presence and for your gift of salvation. We come to you this day trusting in you and knowing that you are there for us and we pray that you will take away any of our fear, any of our doubt, anything that holds us back from fully trusting you, from fully walking in your way. We pray, Lord, that you will remove any barriers and set us free, that we will proclaim your name and walk in your way, knowing that you will guide us and lift us up. We pray for healing trusting in you for healing of the people that were mentioned, the people on our hearts, the people who need healing in their bodies, Lord. We pray that you will heal them of disease, heal them of their pain, heal them of anything that is not whole and not well. Lord, we pray that you will fill them up with your spirit, 
that they will proclaim a miracle in your name. Lord, we pray that you hear our prayers for the healing of your people. We pray for those who are struggling in their lives, Lord, with, with finances and with anxiety and depression and, and family relationships, Lord, all the struggles that are going on with their lives, the uncertainty of it all. Lord, we pray that you'll bring peace, presence, discernment, and wisdom, that people will know your way and walk with you and feel like they can handle it because you have set a firm foundation. Lord, we pray that you will make us all to be people who will surround those in need with your comfort and your care and your love. May we express your love to the people in need, the people you bring before us. And we pray, Lord, that you will create within each and every one of us here a fertile ground that we may receive your spirit in a powerful way, that we will have you speak to our hearts, open our hearts and our minds and our very soul to you this day, Lord, that we will receive you and know you more, that we will praise you with our lives, for you are good and you are mighty, and we praise you forever and ever. Amen. Now let's hear from the word of the Lord. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Today's scripture comes from Matthew, chapter 28, verses 11 through 20. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised the plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, your dreams answered. Welcome, the world's first app that actually lets you taste and smell things right on your phone. Okay. 
Check this out. This is wild. It's called virtual sip, and creators found a way to admit to admit uh, the odors, emit the odors rather, and the flavors right out of a smartphone. Now, to do this, scientists had to use a technology called piezoelectrics. They're materials capable of turning mechanical energy into usable energy, recognizable, of course, by the senses. And I, I got the one, the free version on my phone. Wait, are they licking their phone? Yeah, dude, check it out. Okay, so you open it. So you okay. open it up. Right. You want me to lick the lick the. No. Read the directions. Oh, read the directions. Press smell button and let the glass fill. It's awesome. Check it out. Hold phone. You smell it. Do the licking part where you can taste it. I am not licking an <laughs> iPad. Lick it. Come on. God! <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> show, show That's it. not. Show what it says. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. You made the whole joke on me. I'm not talking to you. No, that's not very nice. Uh, April Fools, it was all a joke. The perception of, of reality that we have in our minds often becomes our reality. In this passage, we have the guards meeting with the Jewish leaders, and they came up with this idea that Jesus was stolen by his disciples out of the grave. And it said that this story was widely circulated. And so people believe it to this day. The perception we feel is the reality we live. Did you like the way we made it feel like you were inside the tomb this morning by keeping the, the boilers off so that you could freeze? <laughs> Was that cool, huh? That's an app. We've got an app for that. See, now somebody out there is believing me. Truth is elusive. We, we live... In a, in a changing world. And what people believe changes. Science tells us that if we observe something again and again and again and again and again, we can conclude that it's absolutely true. And so for thousands of years, people observed the sun going from this side of the earth to this side of the earth again and again and again and again. And so they made a clear scientific observation that the sun revolves around the earth. Fake news. Or is it just an idea of having alternate facts? It's fascinating how you can use facts to kind of prove almost anything you want. So I was reading the newspaper this week, and, and the article had a headline that said, disappointing results of solar jobs in our area for last year. Now, as you read through the article, it said that the number of jobs in this country related to solar has decreased by 10%. In our area, it's gone up by 8%. Oh, that was only through October. In November and December, it went up by another 40%, but we won't count that because we want to say disappointing results. You see how that works? You utilize the facts for where you want them to be to say what you want people to believe. Not only will people twist the truth, 
But as we see in this case, they will actually lie and conspire with one another up the chain of command to the governor, if necessary. Tell the story again and again and again and again. And if you hear a story enough, even if it's outlandish and crazy, eventually you start to believe it must be true. So what about Jesus rising from the dead? What about this whole Easter thing we're doing today? How do we prove that Jesus really rose from the dead? How do we really know? There was no one that actually was an eyewitness. All the soldiers said was that we fell asleep, and when we woke up, he was gone. The disciples came afterwards. The women came afterwards. The only ones who saw Jesus rise from the dead were the angels. And of course, we consider them dubious witnesses. Because we're not sure about angels. I have a cottage at Silver Lake. Back in the 1800s, there were, there were two men and a couple boys out fishing on the lake. And all of a sudden, to their amazement, as they were rowing back to shore, this 30, 40 foot long sea serpent with fiery eyes appeared to them in the water. And they freaked out. And they rode faster to shore and they swore out legal affidavits that they had seen the sea serpent. Now this became news across the entire nation. And so people started flocking to Silver Lake. And sure enough, from time to time, people would see this sea serpent in the water. Some saw it because they wanted to see it. Some saw it because it actually seemed to be there. The truth is, is that about 40 years later, the hotel in town burned down. And they found the remains of this fake sea serpent in the basement the guy who owned the hotel thought it'd be good for business if he had a sea serpent story in the lake. There really was a sea serpent. It just wasn't real. Fake stories. But people came from around the world. They had a guy out there with a harpoon trying to catch it. Guys showed up with guns trying to kill it. Fascinating. To the point to which the guy who owned the hotel hid it away in his basement because he was afraid he'd get caught and they'd kill him or something. People either believe or they don't believe. In verse 17 of this passage we heard read, it says, when they saw him, these are the 11 disciples closest to Jesus, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. I suspect the best-named apostle in the Bible doubted because they call him Doubting Thomas, right? Some doubted. While some worship, some believe and some don't believe, and we still have that today because reality is what we perceive is true. And you can't convince someone to believe what they refuse to believe. To this day, there are people at Silver Lake who believe there's still a sea serpent in that fool lake and that the FBI is covering it up and made up this story about finding it in the basement of the hotel because they don't want people to freak out about some sea serpent in the bottom of the lake, which isn't there. Or is it? Jesus, in the book of Mark, said that these people will be ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. 
The truth is, is that God wants us to believe in the resurrection, wants to remove our sins, our brokenness, our pain, our suffering, our anger, our struggles. He wants to take all that brokenness from us. And if we believe, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will do that. And where we find the proof of that, the proof of that truth is in our own hearts. They went up on a mountain. They went up on a mountain to hear the truth, to hear the commands of Jesus. This is reminiscent of the mountain that Moses went up and they heard the commands of God. This is reminiscent of the mountain that Elijah went up and heard the voice of God. This is the mountain that Jesus went up where he was transfigured. It's a mountain that you'll never find. You'll note that in the Bible, you never find the location of these holy mountains because it's not meant to be a real mountain that you go up. I'm not saying there weren't real mountains. You're just not supposed to do it. If there was such a mountain, we'd put a souvenir stand on top of it. Right? But the mountain is in our heart. We want want simple truth. We want something easy. We want something we can follow. We already have that, don't we? Didn't we just do that at the beginning of the service? Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? The simplest truths of the Christian community. In fact, the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do. is We're going to look at the Apostles' Creed and we're going to look at the Scripture to, to talk about the seven absolute basic things that all Christians everywhere in the world believe. But the simple truth is not about what we read in a book, and it's not about what we say in a creed. It's about what we know in our heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. God will speak to our very heart if we listen. In this passage, it, it, Jesus gives the final words that he gives to his disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the end of the age. He didn't say, go and teach them, and then baptize them. He didn't say, go, go and get them to understand everything about the faith, and then receive them. We might do that with young children so that they'll have the information that they're supposed to have. But the truth of the matter is, is until we believe in our heart, we won't believe in our head. Until we accept God as moving and living and breathing and speaking to us in our heart, we won't believe what we're supposed to be taught. So we teach after, after we have created the belief in a person's heart. Don't prove God in our head. If you confess with your mouth, the scripture says, and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so it says that Jesus actually came to them. And that he will be with the believers till the end of the age. Once we take that presence of God and let that presence of God speak into our heart and believe and trust in that presence of God, God never will abandon us so we can believe but if you're looking for me to prove something up here in a world of changing truths where everybody has their own idea of what truth is and we have fake news and alternate facts everywhere we look 
that task would be impossible. But if you want me to witness to what's changed in my life as God came into my heart, or what I've heard from hundreds and hundreds of people who have told me how God has changed their lives how, because of what he's changed in their heart, I can do that. So we need to believe in the resurrection. It's essential to Christians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. The resurrection of Jesus is absolutely essential to us and to the world. In the creed we read, he was crucified, died, and the third day he rose again and ascended into heaven. Because we believe in his resurrection, we can believe in ours. John says so in chapter 14 where he says, because I live, you also will live. We need to believe in the power of God. The resurrection of Jesus is the proof of his life after death and ours because we're no longer on our own. We have the power of God with us. Once more in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all all will be made alive. Amen? All will be made alive. Hallelujah? Hallelujah. The truth of the matter is we will all come to our God. Glory is waiting. An amazing life of, of incredible living with no pain or sorrow or suffering or hurting for that order will have passed away, the book of Revelations tells us. Somewhere over the rainbow Bluebirds fly, birds fly over the rainbow. Why, oh, why can't I? You can. That's the whole point. But it's not over the rainbow, some imaginary world. It's actually a new creation that God is going to make for all of us. And that changes everything. The resurrection doesn't just change our future. It changes our world right here and now. Fake news. Why do leaders use fake news? They use fake news because they're frightened for people to know the truth. They're worried what will happen if people know what's real. So they want you to argue about fake things. Did you notice these guys paid a large sum of money, a large sum of money to these soldiers to lie? And you need to understand, that was a risk for Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers, if they fell asleep, the penalty was execution. Dereliction of duty, falling asleep on duty in the Roman army meant you are executed because you have just risked all of your fellow soldiers' lives. But they said, we'll take care of it. We'll fix it with the governor. We don't ever have fixes with governors or presidents in our world, do we? That doesn't happen, no. But they fixed it with a large amount of money. You see, because if we know the truth, if we understand the reality of what Jesus is offering to us, it totally changes our perspective. How many of you were around in 1939? A few of you. How many of you remember 1939? One or two of you. <laughs> in 1939, if you went to the movie theaters, all the movies were in black and white. It's just what was. 
And, and so people would go to the movie theaters and they'd watch these black and white movies. You could see them on TV in the old movie channels, right? And one day, people went to the movie theaters and they saw this. anymore. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Can you imagine you go to the movie theaters and all you've ever seen is black and white and that appears and you go, oh, how cool. I actually remember when we got our first color TV. Some of you have no concept that there really was a time when televisions were only black and white. Now we just assume color is the norm. Honestly, we lived in color, but we watched movies in black and white, and we figured that had to be the only way. But the paradigm shifted, and the paradigm for Dorothy shifted when she went from Kansas to Oz, and she goes, I don't think things are the same anymore. I don't think things will ever be the same anymore, and the paradigm shift when we learn the truth about Jesus changes everything. Why did they go so hard to cover up the the, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that would, that would threaten their power, but it would transform the people. It would change everything, because instead of we see, uh, seeing the power of the world and the power of authorities as they're expressing, we would see the power of Jesus. In verse 18, he says to us, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Once we start accepting Jesus into our lives. He becomes our Lord. He becomes our marker. He becomes the one that determines what really matters and what doesn't. We stop living for false worries about who has the biggest house and who drives the biggest car. I understand that there's people in China 
that are actually going out and spending two or three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars on a fish to put in their aquarium so they can prove that they're a success. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, but we're living to a crazy paradigm where we believe that power is where it isn't, where we believe that wealth is where it's not, where we believe that success is what it isn't. And Jesus gives us a different way. He doesn't just change us on the inside. He changes our whole life. And so he tells us to stop doubting and believe and worship God. In John chapter 8, it says to us, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free. Real reality. Real reality is not in the made-up stuff that people are getting everybody to think is true, but in the truth that has been true from the beginning of time. God wants to transform our lives and our way of living. As we take God and God more and more out of our world, do we get a better world? Of course we don't. What we see is more and more brokenness, fear, confusion, fighting, anger. Because instead of us all being focused towards what God would give us, the blessings and the hope and the possibilities and the dreams, we focus on what we don't have. We focus on envy and jealousy and brokenness and the pain of looking at other people to measure ourselves by instead of measuring by ourselves as God calls us to. Faith saves us from this. Access to the truth in our heart. Knowing that even if this life falls apart and crumbles into brokenness, which it does for most of us at some point, there's a better life coming. In the end, the blessing is greater than what we have now. God calls them to the mountaintop to worship him, to celebrate that's what this is this morning. Somebody once said, Easter is a, every Sunday is a mini Easter. Well, guess what? This is a major Easter. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah! This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Because our lives have changed. But not just change just for us. Not just change for the future. But God even calls them to be sent back into the world. When we get to the end of the movie for, for The Wizard of Oz, what we find out is that throughout the whole movie, what is Dorothy trying to do? She's trying to get back. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Right? I make a terrible Dorothy, I know. That's all right. Because God knows that it's not just about changing us, it's about changing the whole world. Go and baptize. Bring people to the amazing truth of God. Help them to understand what I command. And what did Jesus command? He has a new commandment to love one another as I have loved you. People go back to an old religion that the Pharisees had, worrying about, oh, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? How am I better? Because I'm not doing what you're doing wrong. When God says, just, just work on your own stuff. We've all got brokenness, amen? We all need healing, amen? We all need forgiving. And God is willing to give us that forgiving grace. No matter who we are, 
so that we can love as he loved, meaning we love everyone, no matter who they are, where they come from, what they're doing. And if you want to work on, on, on making life better, work on your own. And the rest of the world will come along with you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You notice a pattern here picking up. What changes when the paradigm changes is we change from ha- anger, from threats, from power struggles, from worrying about who's in charge and who's the best, to just loving as God loved us. We don't have to live in a black and white world where everything is this way or that way and you're either in or out, winner or loser. We can live in a world where everybody wins and we all have hope and we all have a resurrection to look forward to. God calls us to the mountain. Change our lives. Change the world. Bring the love of God into the world. And then we'll be able to live Easter every day. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
Jesus loved us so much that he died for our sins, rose again so we can have eternal life. You know, the, one of the songs that said, take me as you find me, all my fears, all my failures. And God does. God loves us as we are and wants to be in relationship with us. And so I invite you as we prepare for a table of grace, a table that is set as an invitation for everyone to be in right relationship with God Almighty, to be saved from sins and have eternal life forever as we prepare for that moment. I invite you to a prayer of confession along with me. Lord, I am a sinner. I need your grace. Forgive me my sins. Take away my fears. Take away my doubts. Fill me with your presence to love abounding. To right relationship with you, that I may share your love with others from now into eternity. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were still sinners, and this proves God's love for you and for me. So in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now as a forgiven body of Christ, I invite you to share the peace of the Holy Spirit with one another. Good morning. Peace be with you. We're going to do one more verse. Yeah. This is rattling. I'll fix that later. I think it's just the, uh, the one bolt thing is a little loose. Oh, I see it's got a plate. It's the plate, though. It's, well, it's the whole thing. Yeah. Hey, hello, hello. Peace. Good morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Easter to you. He's risen. Hello. Happy hello. Easter. He is risen. <laughs> Happy Easter. I'll fix that a little later. That's, is that Tom's or yours? Uh, this is not my base, no. Must be Tom's. Yeah. I think this is the church's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I honestly quite like this one. I think it's pretty nice. Yeah. Huh. day. Christ welcomes us to come to the table. If you love God, repent of your sin, and seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come to the table this morning. You are invited by Jesus himself. You don't have to be a member of this church or of any church. 
If you know that God is calling you to meet with him, if you know in your heart that God wants you to come and share together in the communion of all the people who seek God, you are welcome to come to the table this morning. So come, come and be blessed. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the God our Father. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Just on Easter, right? That's all. <laughs> it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, this day we celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate the wonder and the power that he gives us of life, even through death. However, to get to life, he had to go through death. He had to go through a cross. He had to go through brokenness. He had to go through his pain to offer us love. So on the night when he was betrayed by his own, he took the bread and he gave thanks to God. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you for the forgiveness of sin. Eat of this, remembering me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to God. He gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It's poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink of this, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and in thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ has, has died. died, Christ, Christ is, is risen, risen. Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as confident children of God, let us pray the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father, Our Father who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the, the glory, glory forever, forever and, ever. and ever. Amen. The body of our Lord, is it not the body broken for you and for I together that we might share in the glory of God? A cup of salvation poured out for us for eternal life, the joy of the Lord. Will those who are assisting at the table come forward at this time? Today, God is calling into each and every one of your lives and saying, come. Come and make the decision to live into a new paradigm. Not because of what anybody else thinks, not because of what anybody else does, that's the whole point, but because God will open up your heart to new life. You're welcome today at the table, at the rail for prayers for healing, anointing, or just prayers of conviction. And you're welcome at the, at the, to light a candle as your prayer to God. Come and be blessed by God. You may come by the center aisle or the outside aisles, and there will be six stations. You're welcome to go to any and receive the table today.
communion and would like communion brought to where they're seated, please raise your hand. If you are able and so inclined, I'd invite you to stand as we're going to sing together, Christ the Lord is risen today.
ordered flowers. You can pick them up at the end and take them with you. Don't leave them here. Take it with you. They're yours to take. I will be greeting people on the front sidewalk if you're trying to figure out where I went to. I'll be out there. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. That's not just words. That's way of living. That's way of life. That's way of being. And if God is in your life, I will tell you, your life will never be the same again. It'll be like somewhere over the rainbow. So may God give you over the rainbow lives. May God give you the power of his resurrection. May God give you the ability to push away the fake news and the crazy alternate facts and live to the real life of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Go in peace.